Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the blessings you poured upon us this day. Now the awesome opportunity once again to get back in your word. Help us now as we continue our studies. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Continuing our Bible study of Z in the word heaven, we'll turn to Matthew in chapter 24. Now we know that Matthew 24 here, the Lord's addressing the disciples when they asked about what was going to happen in the future. And he's teaching here about the last days. And here in Matthew 24, in verse 29, he says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Now here he's talking about meteors or even at a point of asteroids, something bigger, smaller, but things from the space coming down, things from the heavens, that heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Talking about all the things of the universe being shaken. As we know, when he finishes through the millennial period, at the end of the millennial period, when he destroys everything, all of that is going to be wiped out completely and all brand new. But here he's talking about the events that they will be able to see as he continues. Verse 30, And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Power and great glory. And coming back to judge the world. Coming back to Establish the millennial kingdom, as it continues. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Now learn a parable of the fig tree when his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors." Verily I say unto you, This generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Heaven and earth shall pass away. There will be new heavens and a new earth that we have to look forward to. And here, little, little clues, little information. Not a lot of details, but a little information about what's going to be happening at that tribulation time and at the end of that tribulation time. I right, now turn over to Matthew chapter 26 and verse 57. Now by this time the Lord had already been betrayed by Judas and arrested and he began to persecute him and establish that mock trial and eventually crucify the Lord. But here we see the account in Matthew chapter 26 and picking it up in verse 57 where it reads, And they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas the high priest where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him afar off unto the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Now the chief priests and elders and all the council sought false witness against Jesus to put him to death. 
but found none, yea, though many false witnesses came, yet found they none. At the last came two false witnesses, and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God, and to build it in three days. And the high priest arose, and said unto him, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? But Jesus held his peace, and the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God, that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus saith unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless I say unto you, Hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power, and coming in the clouds of heaven. Talking about what we just read about in chapter 24. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He hath spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now ye have heard his blasphemy. What think ye? They answered and said, He is guilty of death. Then did they spit in his face and buffeted him, and others smote him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who is it he that smote thee? Persecuting him, torturing him, ridiculing him, eventually crucifying him. But as he said, they're going to see him returning in the heavens. That's all mankind. Because everyone in existence is going to see that. Not just those that will be alive at the time. Alright, now in Matthew chapter 28. This is after his crucifixion. And and on the third day as he prophesied, going to rise again. We see that account here in Matthew chapter 28. Where it reads... In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angels of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly, and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail! And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. And he hung around some 40 days preaching and teaching and doing things that we don't have all the records of, but that he continued to teach those disciples, those apostles, 
and gave them the power and authority as well as all those that trust in him to do what he tells them at the end of Matthew 28 in verse 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And shortly after these words, he spoke to them. He ascended up to the Father, sits on the right hand of the Father, our great high priest, mediator, the propitiation for our sins, the one who has available to all mankind a pathway to adoption into the family of God and a way to be cleansed completely of the sins. And it is all a free gift that he has out there available just for the taking. So trust in the Lord and be looking forward to being with him for eternity in the new heavens and in the new earth. So we see the records of the some three years of the ministry of, of Jesus Christ and well, including all the way back to his birth at the beginning of Matthew. But we get into Mark here. Mark doesn't uh, mention anything about the birth of Jesus Christ and the Gospel of Mark. He goes right into the beginning of the earthly ministry. Mark chapter 1, verse 1 reads, The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Speaking of John the Baptist, as it continues, John did baptize in the wilderness, and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea, and they of Jerusalem, and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair, and with a girdle of a skin about his loins, and he did eat locusts and wild honey, and preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water." But he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth unto of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. Spirit of the Holy Ghost. And there came a voice from heaven, saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness forty days, tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beast, and the angels ministered unto him. Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came and into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. 
Now here we see the term kingdom of God. Matthew used the term kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are speaking of the same thing, place, or ministry. Because he's speaking of the family of God. He's speaking of the group of believers. That is the kingdom of God that is at hand that he's speaking of. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God. Same thing means the same thing. Mark uses that term, kingdom of God. Matthew used kingdom of heaven. All right, as we continue, go on over to Mark in chapter 6. And here we see how the Lord is teaching us how we need to give thanks and that the Heavenly Father is up in heaven. In Mark chapter 6, 34 through 44, reads, And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Send them away, that they may go into the country round about and into the villages, and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. He answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, Shall we go and buy two hundred pennyworth of bread, and give them to eat? He saith unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they say five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in the ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before them, and the two fishes divided he among them all. And they did all eat and were filled, and they took up twelve baskets full of fragments and of the fishes. And they, did, they that did eat of the loaves were about five thousand men, plus the women and children. But here we see how he sets a precedent of lifting up and giving thanks to the Lord, to God in heaven, because he says he looked up to heaven and blessed and break the loaves, blessing the food before eating. And that miraculous feeding of the multitudes there, over 5,000 people, because it was 5,000 of them were the men. All right, now jump on over to Mark chapter... 7, picking it up in verse 31, and we see here another reference to looking up to heaven. It reads, And again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came into the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of Decapolis. And they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they beseeched him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers into his ears and he spit and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and saith unto him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. 
and straightway his ears were open, and the string of his tongue was loosed, and he spake plain. And he charged them that they should tell no man, but the more he charged them, so much the more a great deal they published it, and were beyond measure astonished, saying, He hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. Looking up to heaven, acknowledging, looking up to the Lord, looking up to God. As we see here in Mark chapter 8, verse 10. Straightway he entered into a ship with his disciples and came into the parts of Dalmanutha. And the Pharisees came forth and began to question with him, seeking of him a sign from heaven, tempting him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and saith, Why doeth this generation seek after a sign? Verily I say unto you, There shall no sign be given unto this generation. And he left them, and entering into the ship again, he departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. And he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, and of the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have no bread. And when Jesus knew it, he saith unto them, Why reason ye, because ye have no bread? Perceive ye not yet, neither understand? Have ye your heart yet hardened? Having eyes, see ye not? And having ears, hear ye not? And do ye not remember, when I break the five loaves among five thousand, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? They say unto him, Twelve. And when the seven among four thousand, how many baskets full of fragments took ye up? And they said, Seven. And he said unto them, How is it that ye do not understand? A little bit of scolding there to them. A little bit of pointing out that they needed to trust in the Lord and that he can take care of things. And referring back to the two multitudes of people that he had fed with just a few fish and bread. And he multiplied that by looking up and saying the blessing to the Heavenly Father. And also there again, referring to how the Pharisees are seeking signs from heaven. They wanted to see something that they could comment about, yet they had seen so many things already right there. We're witnessing the miracles of the healings and so forth, even the raising of the dead, and yet chose not to believe. They had hardened their hearts and stopped their ears, and he was criticizing the disciples there for the lack of faith that they had, and talking about the leaven. It just takes a little bit to pollute something. In 11, it takes just a little bit to influence that dough. So to watch out for the things that can seem so small but can spread and become a serious problem. All right, now if you will turn over to Mark in chapter 10. And we see here reference to treasure in heaven. In Mark chapter 10, 
Picking it up in verse 17, where it reads, And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come Take up the cross and follow me. We've covered this previously in the Gospel of Matthew and in other lessons lately, referring to the things that are impossible with man or possible with God. But here we see the reference of treasure in heaven. To be able to build treasure in heaven. Not worried about building treasure here in this earth and his in this realm but focus primarily on building treasures in heaven and to use everything that the lord has given you to bring honor and glory to the lord and always put the lord first now he can give you many more blessings and much treasure to enjoy in this world as well yes but always having your proper priority in order to put Serving the Lord first and utmost, to put the treasure in heaven more important than the other blessings he pours upon us in this realm. As he continues, reads, And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions, indicating that this man had put his possessions all the way up to the point of worshiping them. They were more important to him than serving the Lord. And Jesus looked round about and saith unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? Kingdom of heaven, as he spoke of in Matthew. And the disciples were astonished at his word, but Jesus answered again and saith unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished, out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? And Jesus, looking up upon them, saith, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. All things are possible with God. Not with man, but with God. And he allows us to be able to build treasure in heaven, things that we'll be able to enjoy in the millennial period and the eternal state on the new heaven and the new earth that we have to look forward to as part of the family of God. I now turn over to Mark chapter 11 in verse 20, referring to Father which is in heaven. Mark chapter 11 in verse 20 reads, And when even was come, he went out of the city, 
And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Now, this fig tree is a fig tree that the Lord had come upon there before they going down into Jerusalem, and it didn't have any fruits on it, and he cursed that tree. And Peter, calling to the rememberer, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering, saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Such simple instructions, such simple words, but it is so difficult for us to have such unwavering belief, unwavering faith, that we can do what he's telling us here. But as the examples that I've used earlier in our studies is when you lack faith, ask for more faith. When you lack belief, ask for more belief. And he can give you more belief. As it continues. And when he... Excuse me. As it continues, verse 25. And when you stand praying, forgive if ye have aught against any that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. See, it's interesting here how he includes that in there about the forgiveness. If we want forgiveness, we need to be forgiving of others. The unforgiveness that we carry around can hamper our relationship with the Lord. Because as he points it out right here in verse 26, But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Father which is in heaven. And we know we need to be forgiving if we want forgiveness. Now, when we come to the Lord and ask forgiveness, when we repent of our sins and become part of the family of God, then he adopts us into his family and cleanses us of all our sins. But from that time forward, if we mess up, we need to take it back and ask forgiveness of it, not just think, well, I got take taken care of earlier. Well, no, you got what you did earlier taken care of. But everything that you did point from the point of the time that you got saved to the time of judgment is going to be looked at. Did you ask forgiveness for it, or did you just carry it around? You need to ask forgiveness for it to get the full blessings of, from the Lord and to build his treasures and not get them destroyed. As it continues here, a question comes to him about authority in verse 27. And they come again to Jerusalem, and as he was walking in the temple, there come to him the chief priest and the scribes and the elders, and saying unto him, By what authority doest thou these things, and who gave thee this authority to do these things? What kind of question is that? They could see it was good work, godly work. They should have known right away it was from God. 
But they were not of God, so therefore they didn't recognize it. As it continues, And Jesus answered and said unto them, I will also ask of you one question, and answer me. And I will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, John the Baptist, was it from heaven or of men? Answer me. And they reasoned with themselves, saying, If we shall say from heaven, he will say, Why then did ye not believe him? But if we shall say of men, they fear the people, for all men counted John that he was a prophet indeed. And they answered and said unto Jesus, We cannot tell. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Neither do I tell you by what authority I do these things. He was doing it by the authority of the Heavenly Father. And he was doing it by his own authority because he has authority over everything because all power has been given to him. So he didn't have to answer to them and by what authority he was displaying that to them, that it was righteous good work. So clearly it was of God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you oh so much for the many things you have available to us to study. Help us always to have that burning desire to dig into there and find the message you want us to have so that we can draw closer to you and be looking forward to that new heaven and that new earth to dwell with you for eternity. Thank you oh so much. So we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.